Welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, the podcast that brings you through the entire Bible in 260 days. Have you ever wanted to read the whole Bible but struggled to do so? This podcast is meant to help you do it. With five 15 to 20 minute episodes per week, you will hear the entire Bible read to you. There will also be occasional brief notes to help explain context, as well as a concluding question or thought to consider. So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 249. As we continue in the book of Job, we're going to start into a series of, of um, back and forth between Job and his three friends. Uh, the friends will each make some kind of accusation and explanation as to why Job has suffered the way he has. And every single one of them is going to say that it's Job's fault some way or another. Because God would never punish or do anything like this to someone who is innocent. Bad things don't happen to good people. That kind of talk. And Job in each time is going to refute them and say he's done nothing in some particular way that was wrong or sinful or evil. And the book holds this tension throughout most of its uh, chapters. And I think it's important for us to understand the book is trying to tell us that life is not always this simple that sometimes bad things do happen to people who are innocent. Sometimes suffering happens to those who don't seem to deserve it in some way or another. And God will explain at the end his response, but it's important that we understand the tension that the book is trying to get us to understand. So let's jump in here, Job chapter 4, and hear from Job's first friend and then Job's reply. Job 4. Then Eliphaz the Temanite answered, If someone should attempt a word with you, will you be impatient? But who can refrain from speaking? Look, you have instructed many. You have strengthened feeble hands. Your words have supported those who stumbled, and you have strengthened the knees that gave way. But now the same thing comes to you, and you are discouraged. It strikes you, and you are terrified. Is not your piety your confidence, and your blameless ways your hope? Call to mind now, who, being innocent, ever perished? And where were upright people ever destroyed? Even as I have seen, those who plow iniquity and those who sow trouble reap the same. By the breath of God they perish, and by the blast of his anger they are consumed. There is the roaring of the lion and the growling of the young lion, but the teeth of the young lions are broken. The mighty lion perishes for lack of prey, and the cubs of the lionesses are scattered. Now a word was stealthily brought to me, and my ear caught a whisper of it. In the troubling thoughts of the dreams in the night when a deep sleep falls on men, dread gripped me, and trembling which made all my bones shake. Then a breath of air passes by my face. It makes the hair on my flesh stand up. It stands still, but I cannot recognize its appearance. An image is before my eyes, and I hear a murmuring voice say, Is a mortal man righteous before God, or a man pure before his Creator? If God puts no trust in his servants and and attributes folly to his angels, how much more to those who live in houses of clay, whose foundation is in the dust, who are crushed like a moth. They are destroyed between morning and evening. They perish forever without anyone regarding it. Is not their excess wealth taken away from them? They die without attaining wisdom. Call now. Is there anyone who will answer you? To which of the holy ones will you turn? For wrath kills the foolish person, and anger slays the silly one. I myself have seen the fool taking root, but suddenly I cursed his place of residence. His children are far from safety, and they are crushed at the place where judgment is rendered. Nor is there anyone to deliver them. The hungry eat up his harvest and take it even from behind the thorns, and the thirsty pant for their wealth. 
For evil does not come up from the dust, nor does trouble spring up from the ground. But people are born to trouble, as surely as the sparks fly upward. But as for me, I would seek God, and to God I would set forth my case. He does great and unsearchable things, marvelous things without number. He gives rain on the earth and sends water on the fields. He sets the lowly on high, that those who mourn are raised to safety. He frustrates the plans of the crafty, so that their hands cannot accomplish what they had planned. He catches the wise in their own craftiness, and the counsel of the cunning is brought to a quick end. They meet with darkness in the daytime, and grope about in the noontime as if it were night. So he saves from the sword that comes from their mouth, even the poor of the land from the hand of the powerful. Thus the poor have hope, and iniquity shuts its mouth. Therefore blessed is the man whom God corrects. So do not despise the discipline of the Almighty, for he wounds, but he also bandages. He strikes, but his hands also heal. He will deliver you from six calamities. Yes, in seven no evil will touch you. In the time of famine he will redeem you from death and in time of war from the power of the sword. You will be protected from malicious gossip, and you will not be afraid of the destruction when it comes. You will laugh at destruction and famine, and not need to be afraid of the beasts of the earth. For you will have a pact with the stones of the field, and the wild animals will be at peace with you. And you will know that your home will be secure, and when you inspect your domains, you will not be missing anything. You will also know that your children will be numerous, and your descendants like the grass of the earth. You will come to your grave in a full age, as stacks of grain are harvested in the season. Look, we have investigated this, so it is true. Hear it, and apply it to your own good. Then Job responded, saying, Oh, if only my grief could be weighed, and my misfortune laid on the scales too. But because it is heavier than the sand of the sea, that is why my words have been wild. For the arrows of the Almighty are within me. My spirit drinks their poison. God's sudden terrors are arrayed against me. Does the wild donkey bray when it is near grass? Or does the ox bellow over its fodder? Can food that is tasteless be eaten without salt? Or is there any taste in the white of an egg? I have refused to touch such things. They are like loathsome food to me. Oh, that my request would be realized and that God would grant me what I long for and that God would be willing to crush me, that he would let loose his hand and kill me. Then I would yet have my comfort. Then I would rejoice in spite of a pitiless pain, for I have not concealed the words of the Holy One. What is my strength that I should wait? And what is my end that I should prolong my life? Is my strength like that of stones? Or is my flesh made of bronze? Is not my power to help myself nothing? And has not every resource driven me fr- uh, has been driven from me? The one To the one in despair, kindness should come from his friend, even if he forsakes the fear of the Almighty. My brothers have been as treacherous as a seasonal stream, and as the riverbeds of the intermittent streams that flow away. They are dark because of ice. Snow is piled up over them. When they are scorched, they dry up. When it is hot, they vanish from their place. Caravans turn aside from their roots. They go into the wasteland and perish. The caravans of Temna look intently for these streams. The traveling merchants of Sheba hope for them. They were distressed because each one had been so confident. They arrived there but were disappointed. From now, For now you have become like these streams that are of no help. You see a terror and are afraid. Have I ever said, give me something and from your fortune make gifts in my favor? Or deliver me from my enemy's power? and from the hand of tyrants ransom me? Teach me, and I, for my part, will be silent. Explain to me how I have been mistaken. How painful are honest words. 
but what does your reproof prove? Do you intend to criticize mere words and treat the words of a despairing man as wind? Yes, you would gamble for the fatherless and auction off your friend. Now then, be good enough to look at me, and I will not lie to your face. Relent, let there be no falsehood. Reconsider, for my righteousness is intact. Is there any falsehood on my lips? Can my mouth not discern evil things? Does not humanity have hard service on earth? Are not their days also like the days of a hired man, like a servant longing for the evening shadow, and like a hired man looking for his wages? Thus I have been made to inherit months of futility and nights of sorrow, have been appointed to me. If I lie down, I say, when will I arise? And the night stretches on, and I toss and turn restlessly until the day dawns. My body is clothed with worms and dirty scabs. My skin is broken and festering. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle, and they come to an end without hope. Remember that my life is but a breath, that my eyes will never again see happiness. The eye of him who sees me now will see me no more. Your eyes will look for me, but I will be gone. As a cloud is dispersed and then disappears, so the one who goes down to the grave does not come up again. He returns no more to his house, nor does his place of residence know him any more. Therefore, I will not refrain from my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I the sea or the creature of the deep that you must put me under guard? If I say my bed will comfort me, my couch will ease my complaint, then you will scare me with dreams and terrify me with visions so that I would prefer strangling and death more than life. I loathe it. I do not want to live forever. Leave me alone for my days are a vapor. What is mankind that you make so much of them and that you pay attention to them and that you visit them every morning and try them every moment? Will you never look away from me? Will you not let me alone long enough to swallow my spittle? If I have sinned, what have I done to you, O watcher of men? Why have you set me as your target? How have I become a burden to you? And why do you not pardon my transgression and take away my iniquity? For now I will lie down in the dust, and you will seek me diligently, but I will be gone. There's Job's complaint back to his friend and in a sense also to God, bewildered as to why this is happening and what specific things he has done. And there is no answer at this point. And that leads us now to turn to Psalm 99. And Psalm 99, in many ways, is a psalm that's recognizing God as a God who's enthroned, who's high above us, who's strong, who's powerful, but also a God who does show mercy and grace as the history of the people of Israel has proven. And so this is important to understand too, that while God doesn't always give answers as to why things are happening the way they are, we can still trust that he is a God of mercy, that he is a God who cares, because we see the kind of love that he has shown and the mercy he has shown to his people in all of history. Psalm 99. The Lord reigns, the nations tremble. He sits enthroned above the cherubim, the earth shakes. The Lord is elevated in Zion. He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king is strong. He loves justice. You ensure that legal decisions will be made fairly. You promote justice and equity in Jacob. Praise the Lord our God. Worship before his footstool. He is holy. 
Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel was one of those who prayed to him. They prayed to the Lord and he answered them. He spoke to them from a pillar of cloud. They obeyed his regulations and the ordinance he gave them. O Lord our God, you answered them. They found you to be a forgiving God, but also one who punished their sinful deeds. Praise the Lord our God. Worship on his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. And there that is that reminder of the holy God who also shows mercy. And that holiness and that mercy are also shown as we go now back to the book of Revelation and we turn to Revelation chapter 11 and continue to see what God, what God is showing us through his servant John. Revelation chapter 11. Then a measuring rod like a staff was given to me and I was told, get up and measure the temple of God and the altar and the ones who worship there. But do not measure the outer courtyard of the temple. Leave it out because it has been given to the Gentiles and they will trample on the holy city for 42 months. And I will grant my two witnesses authority to prophesy for 1,260 days dressed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone wants to harm them, fire comes out from their mouths and completely consumes their enemies. If anyone wants to harm them, they must be killed this way. These two have the power to, to close up the sky so that it does not rain during the time they are prophesying. They have the power to turn the waters to blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague whenever they want. When they have completed their testimony, the beast that comes up from the abyss will make war on them and conquer them and kill them. Their corpses will lie in the street of the great city that is symbolically called Sodom and Egypt, where their Lord was also crucified. For three and a half days, those from every people, tribe, nation, and language will look at their corpses because they will not permit them to be placed in a tomb. And those who live on the earth will rejoice over them and celebrate, even sending gifts to each other because these two prophets had tormented those who live on the earth. But after three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and tremendous fear seized those who were watching. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. So the two prophets went up to heaven in a cloud while their enemies stared at them. Just then a major earthquake took place and a tenth of the city collapsed. 7,000 people were killed in the earthquake and the rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe has come and has gone. The third is coming quickly. Then the seventh trumpet angel blew his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. Then the 24 elders who are seated on their thrones before God threw themselves down with their faces to the ground and worshiped God with these words, We give thanks to you, Lord God, the all-powerful, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations were enraged, but your wrath has come, and the time has come for the dead to be judged, and the time has come to give your, to your servants, the prophets, their reward as well as to the saints and to those who revere your name, both small and great. And the time has come to destroy those who destroy the earth. Then the temple of God in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was visible within his temple, and there were flashings of lightning, roaring, crashes of thunder, an earthquake, and a great hailstorm. This incredible scene again of God's power on display, and yet in the midst of it all, these words again that we worship this God because he is the one 
who uses his power to judge and to bring justice, yes, but also to reward and to show mercy to those who revere his name. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, HTTP, netbible.com, copyright 1996-2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music. You are-